Yo, what's going on, world? Welcome back to the Big Mouth Podcast. I'm your esteemed host, the well-known unknown Troy Bailey. Um, so some of y'all, uh, if not most of y'all, uh, may already may already know that um, last last Thursday, this past Thursday, my uh, my family and I uh, finally, uh, well, we actually reunited and laid to rest. Um, my grandfather and grandmother, uh, who both passed, my grandmother passed, uh, back in November of 2020, uh, couldn't do the whole, the whole thing thing as far as, you know, uh, funerals, celebrations of life goes because of, guess what, COVID, um, and kind of sort of the same thing with grandpa. Grandpa passed in May. And uh, we were finally able to have our ceremony this past Thursday, uh, July 29th. It was a it was a beautiful day, man. I mean, I knew I knew it was going to be tough. Uh, nobody wants to do stuff like that. Um, but. It was a good day, man. I, I it had been so long since all of my cousins and we had all been kind of in one place, and uh, I seen one cousin who I who I plan on uh, connecting with this weekend, who I literally have not seen since. God, it had to have been like nineteen ninety one, nineteen ninety two, when I remember him as a baby. Some of my younger cousins. <coughs> They don't have much of a recollection of them, um, and then and then my older cousins kind of kind of sort of remember him. The reason why I feel like I had more of a relationship with him, or I have I'm not gonna say a relationship because he didn't fucking know me. He was a baby, and um and technically I guess I you know it's safe to say I didn't really know him that well too because I was you know six seven years old. I was a bit you know at that age it's hard to really like connect connect. The way you you could as an adult, but we plan on changing that <clears throat> moving forward. But anyway, um, the reason why I had such a recollection with him is because his father um, was he was the man. He was like another, you know, he was like my dad. He was he was my uncle. You know, we called him Uncle Rob, and uh, but he was only out here. He's so he's one of my family. Uh, and I don't think anybody knows this. I was born and raised in Sacramento, Sacramento, California. But a lot of my family, um, my elders, uh, reside. Uh, well, they're all over the place, but a lot of them are from Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, the you know the East Coast. You know, I got family like Laurel, Mississippi is kind of the epicenter of where of how my family or families was, you know, came together and, 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 you know, migrated and it was kind of, you know, very traditional, uh, black American family. A lot of, a lot of us, uh, got together in the South, uh, eventually migrated up North where there was a little more flexibility and, you know, spread your wings a little. And then, uh, and then everybody migrates, Eventually, everyone migrates to the West 
or they just stay out in the east or the south or whatever. You know, it's just do your history. This isn't a history lesson. I'm not going to give you all a history lesson right now, but it's very it's you know, a lot of that stuff is written in history books and our our family kind of followed that path. But I digress, like I always do. Um, back to Uncle Rob. Uncle Rob was an amazing, he was an amazing dude, man. He was funny. He was talented, uh, somewhat intimidate, intimidating, but also a very, you know, like a lot of the men in our, in, in our family, at least what I've been told, very, you know, strikingly handsome uh, young man, charismatic. Uh, and when I saw my cousin, his son at the funeral, I was blown away. We were all blown away because he looks exactly like him. He looks exactly like him, like with the exception of tattoos, he has tattoos. Um, in my eyes, he's not as big, but then at the same time, the last time I really, you know, seen Uncle Robert, uh, or, you know, the recollection that I have of Uncle Rob um, as a kid was that he was he was bigger than me. And now I'm an adult, so obviously he's not so big. But Ryan, you know, he uh, that's that's my cousin. You know, cousin, if you ever listen to this, man, hey, sorry, I had to probably didn't probably maybe I shouldn't have used your name. I don't know how you feeling about that, but uh, it's all love. I mean, you know, and that's another thing, too. You know, my family is very, uh, how, sh- how should I describe it? How can I describe my family without one of my family members wanting to beat me up after this? Um, I got to be real careful with my words. You know, I think all families have their own thing and and everybody is known for having their own thing, I guess. I just remember I would try the best that I can to be on my best behavior around my elders growing up. And I wasn't really a I wasn't really a problematic ch- child. Like I I was fairly well behaved at least you know from what I was told. When I was you know when I was a toddler I was kind of wreaking havoc at one time. Um I was kind of a sickly child when I was younger, but I just remember, you know, a lot of the men, the immediate reaction of men in my family, it was sort of intimidating. Like to this day, the men in my family are very large or, or you know, tall or, you know, just have big features. You know, they all got big hands. They all got big heads. It may not be if one if one man isn't the tallest and he's like the strongest or he's or, you know, there's one man like like my grandpa. He was he had both attributes. He was tall and big. He was big everywhere. His head was big. His hands were huge. He had huge hands, like big feet. Just He was just a specimen. He's a big dude, man. All the way up until the day that he passed. You know, he had to get around. He had to get around the house uh, with the walker. But he still looked like a big guy. Like, you know, and everybody respected him, man. Like, I, I never, you never really appreciate things. Or, you know, appreciate or notice things as a as a child as much as you do as an adult. 
you know, I remember as a kid, like grandpa, I knew grandpa knew a lot of people and everybody respected him. But honestly, I felt like I felt like that was the norm for grandparents, you know, for uh, for grant, you know, for grandpa, all grandpas, at least black grandpas. Um, everywhere he went, hey, Big John, it was somebody else yelling his name, Big John, hey, Big John, everybody, and it was like, one thing I do notice, um, I did notice growing up, like, Grandpa, everywhere, we would go places, and people would come to him, he would go places but he would I don't think I can ever remember him actually approaching anyone. Everybody approached him. As far back as I can remember. I mean, I might be, you know, I there could have been a time where he approached someone else, I but it's just not in my my recollection. I just, you know, obviously I was a kid, so I can't remember every fucking thing that happened, but but I do remember a lot of moments where I remember we went to a 49er game back in, uh, you know, it was in the nineties. This was, this was, I want to say this might've been the year of, or the year before the 49ers won their last Super Bowl. That was in 1995, 1995. Um, so this had to have been like 1994. It might've been a little sooner than that. I know it was before that Super Bowl. And the 49ers was, I mean, and yeah, I've been a Niner fan all my life. Everybody knows that. But let's let's face it. During that era in the 90s, if you really was watching football, the 49ers was one of the most popular. Uh, they were one of the most popular teams in, in professional sports. You know, they had a slew of all-star players, Hall of Famers that were still playing on the team. They had... They had four Super Bowl championships at the time and uh, numerous playoff championships. Like, let me stop because I know some of you haters out there about to, (laughs) some of y'all might get in your feelings. But anyway, the Niners was the shit back then. So you got to imagine going to a 49er game was, you know, that was, that was a big deal. And grandpa, I remember I went there with grandpa. Grandpa always been a 49er fan too. That's kind of how I became a 49er fan. And I remember tailgating. Uh and, you know, he was getting love everywhere. He didn't even need to set up tailgate. He would walk through. I remember just walking with him, like just through a sea of people tailgating. And everybody showed him love. You would have thought he was on the fucking team. Like. You know, when we sat down inside the stadium, he he knew everybody around, like the people that was sitting around us. He knew them all or they knew him. You know, he was. And again, like in my eyes, I was like, as grandpa, you know, but are all grandpas like that? Don't all grandpas get that cut? But I look, I think back now, a lot of those guys, I was like, hey, that was approaching him was around his age, you know, these wasn't like, you know, these were his peers. And then, you know, young adults and, you know, it wasn't like he had a bunch of kids running around him. Like kids were terrified of grandpa. I was a little terrified of grandpa. He was just, 
he had this big, deep, booming voice. And he called, you know, he would call me Troy, but like he knew how to turn it up and turn it, turn it down. Like, you know, I wasn't, you know, I'm exaggerating a bit. I wasn't really terrified of grandpa, but I definitely respected him. And I definitely never, I knew I wasn't, I wasn't going to try to get over on grandpa, you know, because he just gave off that vibe and you couldn't get over on grandpa. You know, he was always a step ahead of, of what you might be thinking. You know, he was highly intelligent, man. You couldn't really get much over, over grandpa. Um, and you know, it wasn't like grandpa and I had a relationship where we would talk on the phone all the time, or I would drop in and visit him all the time. And I think part of that, um, it, it was kind of a role thing. It had nothing to do with like, oh, I never got to see grand. It was nothing like that, or I didn't get to see grandpa. No, it was nothing like that. Grandpa, he came to probably every single one of my football games, whether I knew he was there or not, you know, or at least the home games. Because that's what he did. He he was a real big fan of uh, local high school uh, sports, football, basketball in particular. But Grandpa was just a sports guy. He he watched he watched everything. He watched golf. I couldn't understand it. I still to this day. I don't I don't understand how people can watch golf. But Grandpa would literally he would plant himself in a chair, his his armchair, his recliner in the living room on a Sunday afternoon and just sit there for as long as it took for him to get another, uh, to get something to drink or use the bathroom, like, and just watch golf all fucking day. I didn't get it. I, I mean, I just, I just remember being there and just being like, damn, he's still in that chair. still watching that shit. And, but you know, that's what, you know, grandpa was a golfer, a hell of a golfer from what I heard. Uh, but he just loved sports. Him and I would, um, we wouldn't necessarily talk sports, but there's a few times when, uh, I'd be over at their house and, uh, yeah, we watch, I remember us watching football together. Matter of fact, one of my last memories of grandpa was us watching uh, Sunday night football together. I happened to be in the neighborhood. This is after my grandma, my grandma passed. And, uh, I just popped up and really I was a little nervous about just kind of dropping in on him. Cause I wasn't sure what type of, cause I had never really done that, uh, before with grandpa. I just happened to be in the neighborhood and I just, some just told me, just to be like, man, I'm gonna go see. This is after grandma, my grandma had passed. So, you know, he literally was in that house by himself. This, you know, this big house in Oak Park all by himself. And I don't think he was like, I'm sure he was lonely. Of course he'd be lonely, but you know, he was such a prideful man. Like he never, I don't think he ever, or maybe he did. I mean, damn sure didn't reach out to me, but I don't think he was uh, reaching out to people in the family to like, hey, can you come hang out? I, I just, me personally, I just couldn't picture Grandpa doing that. But if he did, I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, so again, I like when I popped in on him, I wasn't sure, you know, if he uh, if he was going to welcome welcome me. 
Because he'll do that, too. That's the other thing about Grandpa. He'll say, nah, I'm, I'm good. Go. Go, go, go. And he has done that to me. He shooed me away before. Go, 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 go. And uh, I for sure left. I didn't argue with him. I didn't look at him funny. I didn't say I didn't say nothing else. When Grandpa shooed me away with that giant claw talon of a hand that he had, I fucking moved. I didn't want to catch the back the back end of that sh- that hand, <laughs> that giant fucking just just imagining, just thinking about it right now gives makes me nervous, man. Nobody, yeah, people knew Grandpa wasn't. Um, when Grandpa spoke, people listened. Um. And it was it was the same thing with grandma. Grandma was a she was a you know they say big things come in small packages and they might have they might have came up with that the day the day grandma was born man. Grandma was again another. I I know I I, I might have tried to cross grandma. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna get into detail. There might have been a couple times where I tried to do something to get over on grandma. Now, keyword, I tried, but I failed. <laughs> I've tried. I failed. I won't get into detail on what the things were. It was, you know, it was a little, you know, just stupid shit that kids did. You know, probably tried to, knowing me, it was probably eating too much food or trying to hide the fact that I drunk one of her sodas or something. But, yeah, nah, grandma, you couldn't, she was another one. You couldn't get over on her. You couldn't get over on her. Grandma was five foot nothing, but would knock you out with a stiff uppercut if she caught you, if she caught you on a, she caught you slipping. Not to say that she was doing all of that, but she gave, you know, like grandpa. um, And I've never seen grandpa get physical with anyone. I've heard some stories um, and the same thing with grandma. (laughs) So those stories alone, you know, it wasn't like some stranger told me. No, nah, people in the family would tell me stories about uh, grandma and grandpa. And, you know, if they wanted to, you know, they drop you on your head and and, wouldn't even, and then get back to work or get back to doing what they was doing before. They was, you know, they were that type of, they was, they were that, they came from that type of breed, man. Grandma, grandpa. You know, grandma also got a lot of respect, man. Like, people wasn't really crossing grandma. Grandma, you know, I remember, uh, like, grandma retired at a, I know she retired at a fairly young young age. She was, as far as work went, uh, the, I mean, she was pretty much retired before I was an adult. Well before I was an adult, actually. And um, I just remember she worked in retail management uh, right before she retired. And uh, when I remember there was a day when uh, my mom took me to where she was working at. At the time when she was still working. And, um, you know, when grandma was very, again, a very prideful, she was just a prideful person, you know, fuck the fact that she was black, fuck the fact that grandpa was black, they just had pride, 
you know, there were people that have pride. And then being black kind of made that pride a little bit more. I think this is just my interpretation or what, you know, my <coughs> as one of the, you know, their surviving grandkids, what I would see. They never threw it in my, you know, grandma would get a little ra- radical sometimes in her conversations in regards to being black. I never really heard grandpa, talk, but I knew grandpa was with the shit when it came to, you know, being, you know, being how you need to navigate in this world as a as a as a person of color. Grandpa didn't really say too much about it. Grandma did. Me and grandma would have, you know, before her dementia, uh, you know, set came on. Or, you know, before she started getting the symptoms, um, her and I would have like conversations about what was going on in the news. You know, if I was at the house, grandma was always watching the news. So that was two things in their household that was always on the TV. They had a TV in every room. You know, in every room that they, you know, literally grandma and grandma. And it wasn't because they were, you know, first of all, grandma was retired. So she would. She would spend her days in the house and she'd go out. She wasn't a, you know, grandma wasn't a hermit. She just, she appreciated the, the simple things in life. That was TV, which had the news. So on the TV, two consistent things was always on the news and sports in grandma and grandpa's house. If the grandkids was over there, they would put us in a room (laughs) that, that also had a TV and they put, you know, cartoons or whatever, wherever the fuck was on at that time. And they, you know, they'd be like, y'all stay in there or we'd go outside, you know, and and everything was good. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> grandma, uh, she appreciated her TV her news, her soap operas. Oh, good Lord, soap operas. And uh, she cooked, was one of the best cooks ever. Ever, I said ever. Um, anybody that got a grandmama out there that want to check? Listen, grandmas just cook. So I ain't trying to be disrespectful to anybody else's grandmother, great-grandmother, or mother, or parent, period. I'm just telling you that grandma made the best goddamn spaghetti that I've ever tasted in my life. And I've eaten at uh, rest, you know, Italian restaurants. I've eaten so many different variations of spaghetti. My grandmother, Joanne Ross, you heard it right here, folks. The best spaghetti that I've ever tasted, eaten. Every time I would go to grandma's house, grandma would always ask me, Troy, what do you want? And it was almost like she knew. I think she was just fucking with me. Troy, you know what you want? You you want me to cook for dinner one of these days this week? Spaghetti. All right, I got you. This is the first thing I can't. It got to the point where I was like, really, grandma? You really going to ask me what I, you're really offering? Because sometimes grandma would just be like, this is what we, this is what we eating. This is what we cooking, eating. But the fact that grandma would just ask me that, I was like, I felt special. <laughs> I felt special. Um, but I think she was kind of, in hindsight, when I look back at it now, kind of seems like she was like, 
trolling me, like kind of like just to hear me. Maybe she just wanted to see how, you know, goofy and stupid I was going to act by just saying spaghetti. Spaghetti! Spaghetti! I want the spaghetti. Oh, man. And that recipe, I don't think, you know, my mom made some pretty good spaghetti too. But the what she did with her spaghetti, I don't know. And I think she kept that a secret because, you know, I, I think I've had everybody in the family at one time. If I went over to their house and they was having dinner, had spaghetti. And there was a couple that came close, came close, but close, but no cigar. Grandma just did, she, she, I don't know what the hell she was doing, but that spaghetti, you know, she could have opened up a, a goddamn restaurant. She could have opened it, man, grandma, she cook, she can cook, she was able to cook a lot of shit, like, like, if she really wanted to after her retirement, I truly feel like grandma could have opened up a a little small diner in Oak Park or, or a little restaurant. You know, she she got busy. She got busy during the holidays. Was cooking uh, for Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, Easter, first Sunday. You know, first Sundays, the pastor at the church was even talking about how, you know, when he was out, he'd go out in the community and just visit some of the members of the church. Um, he would always say he would stop at, you know, John and Joanne Ross's house last because he knew that he was going to be there for a while because they cook so much fucking food and you, you was going to be watching, uh, if it was football season, you was going to be watching Sunday night football with grandpa and just eating and eating, you know, have a couple beers, whatever your thing is. Like, you know, they, there was the definition of hospitality if you played your cards right, it wasn't like everybody, you know, most people kind of did have allowance to go in grandma and grandpa's house. But, you know, they were very critical of behaviors. I know that for a fact. Grandma and grandpa was very critical of your behavior. Now, they may not tell you immediately that you're out of line, but they definitely ain't going to forget that. And eventually... Don't be surprised if that shit comes up later on down the line about how you was acting that one day. Because the thing about behaviors is that if you don't tell somebody about it, chances are they're going to keep doing that behavior. I think grandma and grandpa understood that. But, you know, I think they I think they navigated they navigated through it their own way because they they really, really did love people. They loved people. They loved the family. And they really did just have a, you know, I never known of anyone that grandma and grandpa like just didn't like. I mean, they probably I'm sure there's people that they didn't care for. But I mean, as far as like the way this generation, the way we are about our feelings towards people. And I'll be honest, there's people out there I do not like. Um, I hate to admit that because I would like to like everyone. I'd love to just embrace everyone. But I. I can't like I don't, you know, and a lot of it has to do with just, you know, my own. Maybe it's just my own personal insecurities, but also I don't know people's agenda. Um, so I have to protect myself from what they do. 
I think grandma and grandpa just, you know, I think that era was, you know, especially with, you know, people of color. Let me quit saying people of color, black people. Um, I think, you know, in Oak Park back in the day, like, you know, black people had to mobilize. So even if you had some sort of issue with another black person, it's like, well, maybe y'all shouldn't be around each other as much. But when time, when the time came, we're going to figure this out. And um, I don't know if I have that type of camaraderie. I don't think we have that type of camaraderie in our generation, um, in this generation of, of black people. And I'm very, and I, I can honestly say that with humility, because I think it's kind of sad because some of the people that I don't like are black, you know, but, and that, and and again, I don't, I don't like admitting that I really don't. That kind of hurts me to say, um, but it is what it is. And I hope that it can get resolved. I have no, you know, I have no ill will. I have no hatred towards those people. But I don't, you know, I just can't, I can't associate with that. I think grandma and grandpa would be different. I think they would handle it differently. And I bet if they were, if they were around right now and I shared that with them about, you know, some of the, um, some of my issue, you know, some of the issues that I've had with other other black people, I think they would definitely have something to say about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not sure what I'm not even sure exactly what in detail they would say, but they would have something to say about it. And I bet you it would it would definitely be like an aha moment. Um, I know I'm all I'm all over the place right now with this, but I'm but. What the hell else is new? My other episodes is like this. So if y'all been tuning in, should come as no surprise. The the whole thing about this is um is grandma and grandpa and I just you know, I'd been saying since before the service on Thursday that I wanted to do an episode as a tribute to them. You know, it's crazy so many people you know, even before grandma, you know, even, like it's just like they were living legends. Now they're just legends. I don't want to say just legends. They're legends. And people, because people, the, the stories about them was kind of amazing. And so people have been coming up to me even more now. I ran into a, I, I, I connected with a guy yesterday who uh, I really, you know, I've always kind of held to. He was one of these guys. He's from Oak Park. He's one of these guys that I met. Back in uh, when I was going to community college, actually, I was going to uh, Sacramento State at the time, but I went back to visit my community. College. And I think I was like, maybe. No, actually, no, I did meet him when I was in community college. Anyway, I digress. We met in community college. He knew he knew uh, my grandpa. He knew my grandpa and grandma. And uh, but we didn't really talk about it then. It was just him and I just kind of clicked as soon as we met. Uh, and he was also just kind of one of those guys that was, you know, he was with the shit and he was, and he was very, um, him and I were, were, were kind of somewhat on the same, uh, wavelength, but he was, he, you know, he was a lot older than me, but you know, he, he, he had like an OG status already, you know, people were, was very respectful to him, but he worked in, uh, 
he worked in one of the offices that, you know, he worked in the office that I was very like um, active in, uh, in this program called Rise. Anyway, I ran, we reconnected yesterday. He reached out to me after grandpa passed and he gave me his number and we, we talked on the phone over the weekend and then we said, Hey man, let's connect. And we did yesterday. And you know, it just added on to some, you know, more memories and stories of grandpa. And I got to thank him. And I want to thank him and everybody else, too, that has sent their condolences. And uh, I ran into another childhood friend yesterday in the same at the same time that I was talking to this brother that I met in college. I ran into a childhood friend. Crazy. It's crazy how life works. He was literally walking past the window and I I just so happened to look out the window and see him. And I ran to the window, knocked on it. Hey, hey, try to get his attention. I ran out. I ran outside and was like, hey, Troy. Ah. And he, you know, we embraced each other. All three of us was, was in the same room. And we talked about grandpa, you know, Oak Park. It was Oak Park kids. Now, I'm, I'm the first to say that I'm, I was not raised or I wasn't born in Oak. Oak. Well, I am. I've been in Oak. I've been in Oak Park. Uh, I, I think people would say that I am from Oak Park. Some people might say, but I'm. I'm really not. Um, I. But I was in Oak Park almost every single day of the '90s because my family was still out there, uh, or at least like the early to mid '90s. I was out there damn near every single day. My family lived out there. I went to. Uh, an after school program out there. I was, I boxed out there. I went to, uh, I went to the park. I hopped in that, you know, cesspool of a swimming pool that they had out there. You know, that, who know, God knows how many times they cleaned that shit. But uh, I, you know, I got a lot of wisdom from Oak Park. So my soul, I got like, you know, my I have like Oak Park spirit. I have Oak Park pride. But I'm not out here repping or claiming Oak Park or the P and all that. I'm just not that type of person. But I'm in a room with two Oak Park men, like young men, you know, and they're telling they're telling me about grandpa, and, you know, and and they got stories to tell, too. Or they got you know, they got stories of their own about Oak Park, but they knew who my grandparents were. And um. <laughs> And it was, you know, so I just, man, if they listen to this, I want to thank them. They know who they are. Um, I just, you know, I try not to get into name dropping on here. So I'm, a, I'm I try not to, it happens, but uh, I appreciate them. I appreciate everyone else um, for the love, the words. Um, and uh, it really is kind of. It, it, I don't know. It's kind of energized me in a way to where I want to, you know, now I'm like in this, this space of like, okay, grandma and grandpa are, are not here anymore. And they literally, they were the matriarch, patriarch of the family. And they would, you know, we would do all of our fam family gatherings traditionally was always at grandma's house, uh, either grandma's house or my mom's house. Cause my mom is, the uh el the older the oldest child so 
So then, like, you know, as I was growing up as a child, I slowly saw the transition from, you know, doing everything at grandma's house to now we're doing some things at my mom's house. <clears throat> you know, so now it's my mom that kind of is the host hostess with the mostest, but grandma and grandpa aren't here and my mom is not going to keep doing this shit every year. You know, she's told me she's, you know, she's like this, you know, she told me like, and this was, you know, some years back, she was like, you know, you and your cousins got to start getting together and, and, uh, hosting some of these events because, at least y'all need to learn how to do it because she not going to be, you know, mom is <laughs> mom's like, look, I'm not going to keep cooking all this fucking food. Emory. It's this shit is tiring. Like I can't, you motherfuckers need to figure this out too. I know y'all, I know y'all know how to cook and we can, we got some, my cousins can cook. I can cook. We can throw down, but you know, and we, you know, and that comes from, we just got to mobilize, man. We got to, uh, most of us have our own places, so it's not like we couldn't do it somewhere. Um, yeah, you know, everybody's pretty independent, so yeah, we, and grand, mom is right. We got to really start start planning these functions. So this whole thing has kind of energized me to kind of want to, I want to do that now, like over within the next, uh, within the next year or so, I want to start hosting family gatherings at, at my place, or even if we do it at somebody else's place, I want to be real instrumental in that, or at least help as much as I can. Um, even if it means just putting the word out, you know, if everybody else just wants to handle the organizing, I don't care, but at least, at least we're doing it. You know, I'm content with just not doing shit. And all my cousins just saying, Hey, Troy, we got a cousin. Come over. Bring some macaroni and cheese. We got, we doing Thanksgiving, uh, you know, up the street at such and such's house. Bring, bring a bottle if you want. And it's like, all right. And then, you know, we got all of our, cause some of my cousins, they got kids too. And that's the thing too. It's like, this is a, you know, we got a generation and we also got a couple of legends that are no longer here anymore that we kind of, I think we owe it to them to kind of uphold their, uh, their spirit, uphold their honor, you know, cause they were honorable people, grandma and grandpa. Um, so anyway, um, rest in peace, grandma and grandpa, uh, AKA big John and Joanne Ross, uh, lost, but definitely not forgotten. Um, thank you to everybody out there from the bottom of my heart. And I think I can probably speak for the rest of the family on this one, uh, for the, for reaching out the love and the support. I know, I know my mom really appreciated it. My mom was such a soldier on the day of the, on the day of the service, you know, she's the, she's the eldest. So she gets a lot of, you know, they did the, you know, my grandpa was a veteran. So we went to uh, the veteran uh, memorial uh, spot out in Dixon. They did the flag tribute. They fold up the flag. They gave it to my mom. Um, and it was beautiful. Got the whole thing on camera. Um, and my mom, 
man. I mean, I've always loved mom, but I've never had like the respect level that I'm starting to have for mom is really it goes up almost every year. It almost makes me feel pretty shitty for some of the for some of the dumb shit I I kind of put her through when I was a kid. It wasn't that bad, but you know, it, it is what it is. Um but yeah, she held it together. All of my 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 uncles, um, uh, my aunts, I love y'all to death, man. I appreciate y'all. Um and uh, I think you know, in our generation, man, we owe it to our and I'm saying this to everybody. I ain't just keeping this with with just black people. You owe it to yourself to uphold the traditions or to your family, I should say. You know, if there's like beautiful moments that you remember as a as as a child that you had with your family, keep them going, man. Start creating more beautiful moments if you got kids, do them with your kids. <laughs> doing with your friends um and look this is this isn't a i'm not about to get on a rant about happiness and what you need to look, do to live a better life i'm just saying like it's it's something that we got to get better at doing because i think all of us have kind of like slipped on that as far as how we can how we can make this world a better place so to speak i think it's stuff like that or how to make your life a little better I think it's stuff like that. I know I get real happy, sometimes annoyed <laughs> at family functions. And the annoyance is, is just kind of like, oh boy. I got an uncle who's a cowboy fan, so you can only imagine how those conversations go. Because we're all, majority of us are 49er fans, so, you know, can't be winners all the time, I guess. But anyway, I digress again. <laughs> um Thank you all again. I love y'all. Appreciate you guys for all of you who've tuned in from beginning to end of this episode and the ones before. I really, 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 really love and appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. Uh, have a good rest of the day, week, whenever you listen to this episode. Have a good one, y'all. Peace.